Football Podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by co-host Ryan Donnelly. Uh, we've got a Week 12 slate here to go through with the uh, the FBI watch list. Um, not the best slate, I would say, that <laughs> we have seen this season, but that usually means that uh, some crazy stuff is going to happen, and so that is something to look forward to. We're going to talk about all of it, but before we do that, Ryan, how's it going, man? Good, man. We're living... Um... I am uh, I'm in the middle of a, a little bit of a crazy one here. I'm heading to Montreal tomorrow. So I'm recording a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to try to speak French for the first time, which I probably cannot do. Uh-huh. Um, don't really have any phrases down. I mean, they do speak English, but I want to kind of try to be annoying while I'm there. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it'd be funny if I tried to speak Spanish to them. Yeah. See how that went. They Could would be good. They would. They would. They would not welcome you i don't think with open arms if you were doing that i i don't i don't know that no the they barely like are. other kinds of white people as far yeah. as i can tell yeah uh, that would be a kind of white person who i don't think that they would want to encounter <laughs> guy who shows up speaking spanish um that would be that would be very scary i think for for them you would you would be considered a national emergency yeah one of my uh this is an embarrassing story uh, um one of my first times back from argentina uh i was really drunk one night in new york and we got like some went to the pizza place and like there's a lot of to be fair a lot of guys who are pizza shops in new york are spanish speaking yeah these guys were not they're just like new york italian guys and i was speaking spanish to me like what the fuck are you what are, what are you doing and i was i don't know why i was doing it <laughs> couldn't help myself um <laughs> uh, That's really good. just got yelled at in the pizza line yeah anyway i should try that out this weekend i think yeah hey this guy's speaking spanish over here um <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about um that's very good that that's uh i i like that that you have you have given yourself enough exposure to speaking Spanish that when you are drunk, it does still pop into your brain. That is, that's really, oh, yeah. I think, a, a very good sign of being like fluent, like like functionally, you can speak it. Is when you're doing yeah, it I even, think in Spanish yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, even when inebriated, <laughs> right? Like you're 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 going home after like a long night out and you're dreaming in Spanish. It's like okay, yeah, I think I got it. <laughs> I think I got it locked. I out. was definitely the the first few months I was learning Spanish. I was better when I was drunk because I was more like confident and fluid. Yeah. And and also I learned a lot of my Spanish in bars. Hmm. So I was kind of my, it's kind of like a, you know, like how stoners in high school would say like study high, test high, whatever, yeah. uh, study high, test high, score high is the idea. Sure. It's kind of like that. Like, I, you know, learn drunk, speak drunk, think drunk. Yeah. Of course. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard a lot, a lot of psychologists have said that that's a really good idea. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. From what I get. Priming. Yeah. It's a priming behavior. That's right. Um, um, Speaking of uh, of psychological behaviors, we're talking less about priming and more about grooming this week. That's right. We have a SMU at Memphis, the Groomers Bowl. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh... It's all right. Look, we're, it's, we got some slate. We got some games to talk about. It's not great. We're going to have fun with it because we're fun guys, but it's not a good slate, man. Yeah. It's probably going to be good because of we think it's bad, but the games as they stand look like shit. Um, we're not talking about any of the weeknight games. Yeah. Um, there's one to, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. There's one on Tuesday night. It's pretty good to lead out Bowling Green. Um, so you guys probably won't hear this before that happens. Yeah. Uh, so either it was good or it wasn't no way to know. Um, besides that, the rest of the week, that game slot suck. You have like Boston college or Pitt, Colorado, at Washington state. Yeah. Um, these are bad games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're bad games. But, 
Um, so we're not going to talk about them. So we're just going to go right to the noon game. Yeah. We're going to talk about Bay game on Saturday. Well, before we do that. SMU at Memphis. Bef- oh, yeah. yeah what before you we do? Before yeah. we do that, we should probably advertise <laughs> real quick. Um, homefieldapparel.com is, of course, the place for high-quality collegiate vintage apparel. Uh, our friends at Homefield continue to produce shirts and hats and bomber jackets and sweatshirts and joggers and really every uh, article of clothing that you can realistically want to put on your body they have it and they have it for just about every school in america um it is just it it's just the best shit it's so like i think i kind of take for granted sometimes just how cool it is that there is a, a you know a, a place that has all of these awesome old logos and these cool designs like even you know there's there's plenty of that are you know I, I think of their own making in some cases um it's 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 really cool it's really cool that we have that that you don't just have to go to fucking um what is the place called the 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 fanatics right you don't just have to go there you don't have to just look at nike and buy a 95 dollars shirt that looks like shit um there are like there's like a good option for things that look good and that, that look not just like you tried to, you know, steal something from the from the you know the practice squad from a football team. Like you've got uh, just. Although just, we do endorse that, we yeah. do endorse that as well. Yeah, and if you're a you know if you're a backup long snapper, we endorse anything that you're going to do with anything from the practice. Um, but uh, it's just it, it's really cool. And if you would like to partake and you haven't before, use code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off your first purchase. Um, Ryan, you want to tell people what Meet at Midfield is? Oh yeah, Media Midfield is our website, dude. We uh, we talk about college football. Yeah, we write articles. Uh, we have podcasts like this one, including a premium podcast episode every single week um, throughout the the season uh, and in the off season as well. We do one every other week. Um, we will talk about like the the coaching hires going on right now. For example, Texas A and M, Mississippi State, um, you know, San Diego State, Boise State, Northwestern, Michigan State. Uh, all, all looking for new coaches. Seems like UCLA is about to be pretty soon here. Yeah. Uh, Penn State and Penn are looking for new OCs. USC needs a defensive coordinator. A lot of names. A lot of names uh, kind of floating around out there, and we're, it, we're kind of talking through all those. We're, yeah. Is, is Pitt formally looking for an offensive coordinator? Because the last well, I've seen, uh, Jeff Halfley was, I mean... was talking up Frank Signetti Jr. as one of the smartest men of all time. And I know that Pat if our message really board respects has anything another, to do with it. Yeah, really respects yeah. A, a fellow stupid coach like Jeff Halfley. And so that, that compliment might be enough to keep Signetti around. If they bring him back, I fear that at least one of our message board subscribers will be committing violent crimes yeah um and you know who's to say if he's wrong or not for that yeah we uh, not us yeah we don't endorse it it is not our fault however we do support it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but look we have premium podcasts we premium articles we have truly in my opinion the best message board in college football um the game threads go nuts every week even if the week kind of sucks we're watching like we're finding a way to have fun yeah we're watching florida atlantic play right we're we're watching some some horseshit UCF game um, where we're finding ways to root for GJ Kinney at Texas state. Yeah. We're, we're doing what it takes to get through the week and watch all these games. Um, you should come join us. It's a really fun place. Uh, the off season is great for us too. I think there's like, I think we're the best message board in college football period. I think we are indisputably the best off season message board in college football. Yeah. Um, there is nowhere better for coaching searches for, uh, just narratives for seeing dumbass coaches getting mad about spring practices, um, wanting to kill your strength coach. It's it's the greatest place to be for all that kind of stuff. Um, we have some truly fantastic posters. Um, we have had a 
lot of inside reporting actually on the Michigan Science Line scandal somehow. Mm. Uh, we have kind of accidentally fallen into <laughs> insane information on that. And it's been somehow more accurate than all of like the freaks who work for uh, the weird little blogs out there. Yeah. Um, it's it's going pretty well for us. Uh, yeah. It's been a fun season and you can head down a boogie with us and sign up. Um, we're going to have uh, a lot of stuff coming very soon for the game. It's always our big week. The Ohio State Michigan game was a huge week for us. And um, at the end of the season, we're excited for for that game, for the conference championships, the playoff, um, and and all the New York the uh, New York Six Bowls and other bowl games. A lot of great stuff coming. So great time to come join and and party with us and meet at midfield. That's right. Saturday noon, Guantanamo Bay game. Uh, you referenced it earlier. This would be SMU at Memphis on ESPN two. Uh, very, very, very big game in the race at the top of the American. There are four teams in this conference, and uh, all four of them are going to be involved in some pretty big games here over the next couple weeks. Um, this is uh, the biggest of the bunch this week, one of the biggest of the season. Memphis is playing from behind the eight ball a little bit, given that it has, I believe it's the one that has already lost to Tulane, right? I think Memphis has already lost to Tulane, and so it, it would need to... It'll need to make up a little bit of ground in the AAC race. Uh, SMU has not lost in quite some time. Does not have a conference loss. SMU, Tulane, and UTSA are all unbeaten at the top of the league right now. But Memphis could shake that up very easily if it can win a home game (laughs) against SMU. Um, Ryan, the issue is here, and this has been the thing that has kind of prevailed on my mind as I've been thinking about this game, uh, Memphis isn't any good, and I don't think it can win a game against a good team. That's my that's my fear with Memphis, is that Memphis actually uh, kind of stinks, and I don't think that they are capable of beating um, any of those other teams who are in the top four of the AAC, even at home. I just, they're not very good. Yeah, I mean, they have not really beaten anybody all year yet. Like, their their best win of the season if you want to be generous, is a 36-31 win at 4-6 and six Rice. Um, oh, Rice boy. is the only team they have beaten with more than three wins in the season. Uh, they have played two games against Power 5 teams, uh, Oklahoma and TCU, and lost both by multiple scores. Um, they've had some real offensive explosions. There have been, what, uh, I think four weeks where they've scored 45 or more. Yeah. Uh, but they're not, yeah, they're not beating good teams. They're not really playing good teams, to be fair. They've played one team over 500 all year. Yeah. But um, I get the trepidation. But here's the thing. Memphis also is not doing that. Uh, yeah, Memphis S- has SMU. not beaten a team. SMU, rather. Uh, yeah. What? SMU, rather. Memphis is, is the one that we were just talking about. SMU is the other team. Oh, I thought you were talking about SMU. I was talking about SMU just now. Oh, no, uh, I was talking about Memphis. Um, they Well, I mean, they're both the yeah, same they, team. Yeah, here's the thing. Memphis is also, <laughs> neither team has beaten a single opponent with a winning record. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they both have like a inconsistent, but sometimes very good offense uh-huh. uh, and don't be any good teams. Yeah. That's kind of the whole, they're, they're the same exact fucking team. There's no yeah. difference. That's, that's fair. SMU has been a little bit more decisive in beating bad teams. I think is the really that thing that's, <laughs> that kind of separates them for the most part. Um, it's not a high bar because Memphis loves to go to the final possession with every team that it plays and like to need a last second touchdown to beat North Texas or Rice or whoever it is that's on the schedule. Um, and, and and this this connects the similarity of their schedules and of their resumes connects pretty well to something that I, I saw this week that was not surprising because we've been saying this for 
you know, this this entire season and even extending back into last season. But it's officially official. Uh, Bill Connolly's SP plus, if if you're working on just average overall rating of teams in the conference, uh, now has the AAC as college football's number nine conference ahead of the MAC and behind the CUSA. The AAC is worse than the CUSA this year, which is the conference that it just raided for a bunch of shitty teams. Um, they have they have so definitively they freaked it. They have completely freaked it with their response to the departure of UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati. Um, they have managed to add. There's there's more volume, and it's also a lower. It's it's they've they've diluted it very severely. Where it's not just that there are more teams; it's that there are so many more shitty teams, and so you and get, none of the good teams play each other. There's only three games all season between the top four teams. It it it, it sucks so bad. It's it's so yeah, shitty, it's really dude. Awful. It is unbelievable how quickly they have just completely fucked up everything that they had going for them, and like. Part of it is that you have, you know, G5 conferences have cycles, right? They have up cycles where they have really good coaches. Those coaches get hired away, and then they have down cycles when the, the you know, the weak men who replace the strong times are, are in, are, are, are you know, are in position, <laughs> like Rhett Lashley and, and Ryan Silverfield, the, the soft man running these programs. Um, but, like, it sucks in a way that is even beyond that because it, it went out on purpose and added a bunch of shitty teams like Charlotte, right? It's like, oh, God, we got to get Charlotte in here. We need to get UAB and Trent Dilfer in the mix. Like, it's just we, we got to get yeah, North Texas uh, in here. And they're, they're going to lose SMU to the ACC. Yeah. Uh, they very well could see Jeff Trailer and Willie Fritz take jobs this offseason. Jesus. Um, like, it, it could be the – best coach in the league the best coach in the league i guess will be tom tom herman yeah but like the best program in the league will probably be ryan silverfield's memphis which sucks yeah um if, if trailer and fritz leave like there's nothing here dude no there's nothing no it's it's really nasty it has gotten really bad really quickly in the aac um as for this actual matchup the, it, it is hard to un, to to predict what either one of these teams will do against a competent opponent, which I think they are competent, right? They've they've won the games against bad teams. They're both eight and two. Uh, somebody has to win those games, and these two largely have. Um, yeah, SMU is better. Yeah, I think SMU is better. SMU's defense has been legitimately pretty good this season. It's it's top five in passing success rate allowed. Uh, ninth and rushing success rate like that's that's really good success rate's not the only stat in the world but that's really good um and memphis i i i think that that honestly could probably be the entire game because memphis is not an offense that has answers it is not it's not an offense with counters it's not an offense that can adapt to you know things not going well when things aren't going well for this offense it just stops it just doesn't go and Maybe they get a couple individual big plays. You know, maybe, maybe there's uh, you know one or two breakaways where they can kind of keep it close for a while. But I, I think if you have to play the full 60 minutes and you have Memphis's specific issues, which is that their defense isn't very good and their offense is pretty, you know, pretty rigid and pretty stale, I just don't think they can really keep up here for four quarters. I think SMU kind of pulls away, not necessarily because SMU is awesome, but because Memphis just isn't very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest issue for them is they're not very good. Yeah. If they somehow find a way to win this game, they're also still not even guaranteed a spot in the AAC title game. Yeah. Um, 
Like they <laughs> they could win this game and still miss out if UTSA beats uh, Tulane. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny. Like I, I don't know. Memphis is just a it's just stuck in the mud, right? Just going through motions. It has enough, it will always have enough talent to be a top team in this league, given how bad it is, especially with SMU leaving and potentially and, and very likely trailer leaving UTSA. Um but it just sucks to watch. Yeah. Like they're not fun. They're joyless. They don't have any direction. They're not trying to do anything yeah. cool. Which sucks so bad because I, that was the whole thing that made the program good under Fuente and Norvell. It was like, yeah, they had all that talent, but also they were really creative and really fun. And it was like they were trying out these new things on offense, and they were really kind of on the cutting edge of a lot of the stuff that's now standard, which is the problem is that you hired Norvell's offensive line coach, and he has no new ideas, and so now the rest of the sport's caught up to them, and their offense is boring, and they don't have anything going on. The reason they were good is because they were innovating. It's just they don't do that now. Just hire this guy's, Rich Rod, dude. You know you're yeah. going to do it. Just hire Rich Rod. Yeah, go hire yeah. Rich Rod. That would be sick. Go hire Rich Rod. Go hire Chip Kelly. I don't care who it is. Just go get somebody who will do something different because this guy is not – he's not doing anything. He's not adapting. They just – they're running the same shit they were running in 2016, and that's not going to work in 2023. No, no. Or just join the Sun Belt so you take yourself seriously. Yeah. Um, um, most wanted, uh, Louisville at Memphis or not Memphis, Louisville at Miami. I got Memphis on the brain on ESPN, uh, Louisville with a win, I believe clinches a spot, uh, opposite Florida state in the ACC title game, right? Correct. If they lose, however, yeah, things could get very, very fun here. Uh, if you, if you subscribe to, uh, to meet at midfield, you have already, uh, read this in the in the Monday hangover, usually the Sunday hangover, but I was busy. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I went through this. Louisville's probably going to play in the ACC title game. Even if they lose, they're probably going to play. However, if they lose and North Carolina wins out and Syracuse can beat Georgia Tech on Saturday, which leaves a night game, uh-huh. um, there is a very real chance this goes down to like the fourth or fifth level tiebreaker. Um, what would happen is there's no head to head matchup. So it wouldn't be tied there. Um, they are both four and two in the scenario described among their common opponents. Yeah. Um, then you would look at their record among the highest rank in the standings, common opponents uh-huh. where they would again be tied. Um, so then you go to the fourth level tiebreaker you would look at the overall records amongst their conference opponents, not just their, those teams' conference records, those teams' overall records. Okay. Um, they're currently going to be 40 and 43 for Louisville and 41 and 44 for North Carolina <laughs> uh, based on the games we already have locked in. So it's very tight. Yeah. Uh, and it probably comes out either tied or close to it. Um, if it does, we have a real chance that the ACC title game's second title berth will be decided by the team rating score metric of sportsourceanalytic.com, uh-huh. um, <laughs> which is the, like, we used to make fun of like the AAC for doing playoff rankings as their determining metric. Yeah. But at least they were trying to get teams in both games. Yeah. This is just the most horseshit possible way to rank teams. Yeah. It's not even like a top five, like team rating metric people use. Yeah. The only thing I can, I can really say about that is Ryan. I don't give a fuck about the Sagarin rankings. Um, that, <laughs> that it's the Sagarin rankings would be more logical. I think than the, Sports Source Analytics team rating score. Yeah, that's a crazy way to do that. 
that's a really crazy way to do I'm, that. I'm rooting for it. Like, I, look, I like Louisville. I think they're having a cool season. And I don't like seeing Miami win games. I want to see Chris the ball fail. Yeah. Um, but just for the bit, it would be very funny if this happens. Yeah. I think if you were getting down to the fifth or sixth conference championship game tiebreaker, it should just go to a vote for the membership of the league. They should get to pick which the, which team goes to the, <laughs> to the championship game, just an immediate straw poll of coaches. Like which of these teams yeah. do you hate less? Which of your enemies would you like to see left out of the championship <laughs> game and which one gets in? I think that would be fun. The I, Big I, 10 does a coin flip. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I do. I like that. I like. I like this sort of very. You know, it's 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 uh, just leaving it Arbitrary. up to yeah, leaving yeah. it up to fate. I guess. I, I I like that. I don't want any. If we're getting down to like a, a C tier advanced analytics system, I'm I'm out. I don't want. I don't want that involved. <laughs> just put it up to fucking God. I don't care. <laughs> just, yeah. Just flip a coin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should have to. You have to sacrifice some kind of animal. Yeah. Uh, read the entrails. That should be the system. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you have to make a pilgrimage to Nepal. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. Any, yeah. Any, they're, they're doing anyway. a they're they're doing a competition to see which coach of the involved teams is more spiritually enlightened, and then the coach that coach yes. gets to go and you know which one of you has has uh, has you know gotten rid of greed from your mind, which one of you has no more <laughs> greed in your brain. Um, that would be sick, uh, and and Jeff yeah. Brom would win easily. Mac Brown has only <laughs> greed in his brain. True, true. Um, look, is Miami gonna win? Probably not, right? They're, uh... <laughs> Doing all of that and then, no, probably not. I mean, no, they're probably not going to win. They're not very good. Yeah, in their last in their last five games, they've played four teams that are over 500 and they're one and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all but one of those losses are by multiple scores. Uh, they're probably they're probably not going to win, but it, it's a one point line right now. It's gone back and forth between Miami by one and Louisville by one. It's basically a pickup. Yeah. Right. Um. Louisville doesn't really pull away from teams. They don't really win convincingly very often. No. Uh, they kind of <laughs> just grind games out, which is funny for a Jeff Brown team because, like, Jeff Brown teams used to either yeah. win convincingly or lose convincingly. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of years at Purdue weren't like that as kind of his quarterbacks and receivers got worse. But before that, like with the David Bell years, the Rondell Moore years, yeah. um, they put it on some teams. Yeah. He's, and... he's got himself a really high level late stage Purdue team right now where they just don't have a very good quarterback, but a lot of the other stuff is pretty good, right? Like they have an awesome running back with Jawar Jordan. Um, they have, you know, Jamari Thrash. It's a Kirk Soraka Minnesota team. Yeah, like they're just it's it's not necessarily <laughs> how he how he wants to operate, but it, it is fair that like yeah, he's done this a couple of times now, and they were generally pretty good, right? Like I think they were like nine and four last year at Purdue, and it was not like an amazing offense. I I I will I we've talked about him a little bit before. I will give Jeff Brom credit for like he's kind of changed not fully what he wants to do cuz I think that he would greatly prefer to have an offense that doesn't stink, but he is as offensive coaches go as as like this generation of of high-level offensive coaches go, he's a lot more willing to just play defense than a lot of them. He's he's a lot more willing to just swallow his pride and say, well, this is what we're going to be good at, and so we're going to do it, rather than trying to make Jack Plummer throw the ball 80 times a game. Like, that would be a stupid thing to do. Let's just run the ball. Um, that's good. That's good. That's good that he's doing that. It does not lend itself to a ton of confidence in Louisville heading into any game. I think that the reason that this is, you know, everybody's kind of jumping on this as like, oh, this could be... You know, this could be interesting. Is the upset factor of 
There's a team that is currently still technically in the running for the college football playoff that nobody thinks is actually good, and they're on the road against a you know an above 500 opponent, and that is an extremely easy thing if you are not paying a ton of attention to just say, oh, well, they're going to lose. And like, yeah, I think they might. I think they might lose the game because there's the upset factor is a thing for a reason. It happens a lot in this sport. We have seen this specific kind of team, right, like this Louisville team, um, go into the last two weeks of the season as a playoff contender before and then lose to a team that probably shouldn't be able to beat them. Um, oh, yeah, Louisville so, loves doing that. Yeah, and like yeah. Louisville loves doing this. The ACC specifically seems to produce this kind of thing every year. Um, and so, like, yeah, I think it's a fair instinct. <laughs> I think it's, you know, I don't like this Miami team. I don't think that they're especially good, but Louisville almost lost at home against Virginia last week. This is, it, it's a level of pressure that is not comfortable for a team that's never been in this spot before and maybe they respond the right way but they're on the road and they know what they're playing for and I do have some fear of just uh it becoming too much all at once and and Miami being the you know the team that benefit that benefits it's possible um uh, here's the argument against that uh Tyler Van Dyke is back starting for Miami do you know what his interception rate is this season? Um, I would assume that it's not very good based on what I know about Tyler Van Dyke. It's 4.7%. Um, That's not very which good. Is <laughs> stunningly high. Generally, a good quarterback, like a good college quarterback, is at or under 2% mm. is where you want to be at. Almost 5% of his passes are getting picked off. If he's throwing the ball 20 times a game, that boy's throwing a pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like uh, Jack Plummer is lighting the world on fire either. He's like 3.3%. He's high too. I would say there are going to be like three combined interceptions this game pretty easily. Um, I would almost guarantee it happens. It's just a matter of how those break. Like if the interceptable balls are caught, who catches them? If any fumbles go around, Miami turns the ball over a ton. Yeah. Um, they are tied for eighth for most turnovers in the country. Um, they They love turning the ball over. And Louisville's pretty opportunistic, as I recall. Uh, I have to check their team defense stats here. Uh, yeah. And I know turnovers are somewhat luck, but it's not with Tyler Van Dyke. That boy loves starting the other team. Yeah. Uh, it's one of his favorite things to do. He does. Um, <laughs> he he is a demon for that. Louisville, yeah, Louisville is tied for 19th in the country and turnovers forced. Um, I would I would bet a fair amount of cash that Miami's going to have two or three turnovers, yeah. um, which is not yeah. a recipe to win this game. That's not how you make upsets happen. No. If they like totally change the way they've operated all season and keep the ball clean, they can definitely win. If they play the way they've played all year, they're going to lose. Yeah, I think yeah, if you're if you're analyzing this as a football game, Louisville should be favored and probably wins. If you're analyzing it as like a, a psychological experiment yeah, that just, were they were conducting on Louisville to see what what they do, right? How does Louisville respond to pressure? What what do we <laughs> what are they what's their reaction when they are when they are put in a stressful situation? Um I could see Miami winning. That that's I, I think that's basically how this one breaks down. Um, no fly list. Do you, do you put any weight really quick before we keep before yeah. we progress forward? Do you put any weight in the fact that Louisville has been in a few of these games this year? Like the fact they played good teams. Not really. Um, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not cool. like there, it, 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 it hasn't like they've been, it's not like they've been super convincing in some of those close games, right? Like the Virginia win was not the most impressive performance I've seen this season. And also they lost to Pitt. Um, 
by a lot. They lost to Pitt by 17 by points. By 18 points. Yeah, right 18. Yeah. yeah, whatever it was. It was it was far too many to lose to Pitt by. Um, so, no, not really. I, I don't know that... I don't know that playing a lot of close games in the ACC and just winning them, right, generally winning them, is necessarily a reflection of an ability to win close games as much as it is just you play in the ACC and there are going to be a lot of those games unless you're really good, which they're not. Um, but they're it, look. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to big up Louisville here. I know they're not actually that good, but they have beaten some good teams by a fair mark. They kind of blew out Notre Dame and Duke a little bit. Yeah, uh, they kind of pulled away in the second half. Um, I don't know. Look, here's here's my stance: is if you were in a soiling your pants competition with Mario Cristobal, you yeah. are not shitting more than that boy. No, uh, <laughs> he is going to shit more in his pants than you will. And I, I just think that the Jeff Brom cannot produce enough Dookie in his drawers to compete with Mario Cristobal. He's <laughs> <laughs> a smaller man. He's a smaller man. Mario's got more space, more volume in there for 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 pants shitting. Um, active colon. Yeah. yeah, active colon for sure. Uh, no fly <laughs> list here. We got four games. Uh, Tulane at FAU on ESPN Plus. Another important game for the uh, top of the AAC race. Tulane is just begging for a loss. They want to lose so bad. They've been in like they've been in like six one score games in the last six games or something like that against they, bad teams. Yeah, against yeah. bad teams, they are just begging for it. Uh, Hart- yeah, they won by two at home against Tulsa, by three on the road at East Carolina, uh, by two Jesus. on the road at Rice, uh, by a touchdown at home against North Texas, uh, and before that, they're winning games pretty comfortably. And it's yeah. like they actually got healthier during this stretch, and are somehow playing worse. Yeah. Um, Kind of funny. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't really know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, Harvard at Yale, ESPNU, just on here because it's a rivalry game. I think people know generally about Harvard at Yale. Um, I'm fluent to two schools. Yeah, yeah I, I, I just I don't think that I can sell you on like the actual football game, but it's it's a fun spectacle if you're looking for something else to watch. Uh, Michigan at Maryland. Here's a, here's a fun. Yeah, go ahead. Here's a fun to do. Um, I want you guys to save. Uh, somewhere on your computer or phone, um, the rosters from Harvard and Yale in this game, and I want you to send a reminder or send an email to yourself for 15 years from now Yeah. and review who is the most evil guy who plays in this game you can find. Um, Ooh. Have a little fun with that. That would yeah. be a fun off-season show, going back to the 2008 Yale-Harvard game and going through and trying to figure out who the most evil guy in the game was. We could do that. Right, a couple congressmen. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably a defense contractor. Um, Corey Booker's in there somehow. I don't even know how he got there. <laughs> you played at Stanford, motherfucker. What are you doing? <laughs> How'd you get here? Yeah, it could be fun. Yeah, yeah. John Fetterman shows up as an assistant coach somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah, we also have Michigan at Maryland on Fox and Oklahoma at BYU on ESPN. Yeah. Um, hard to see Michigan having any trouble with Maryland. I would, uh, yeah, it is the Josh Gaddis revenge game. Yeah, I think that's um, fair. I would say hard to see. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I think that's probably fair. Yeah, I mean it's it's Maryland in November, so it's over. Um, but and also Maryland already qualified for a bowl game. They're done. They don't care anymore. Yeah, they're done. Um, they're out. They've 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 yeah. cashed in their chips. They're good. And Mike Mike yeah. Loxley got to punch that card. He got the I'm sure he has some sort of bonus that he gets from getting to a bowl game. That's the most he's going to be doing. He's not going to be putting in any extra work. He's not working overtime. His yeah. assy is home. He's done. He's already he's already commuting. Yeah. It's over. If you're at this game and you're sitting opposite the uh, the Maryland sideline, yeah, um, you may want to get your phone out and record, not for any signs or anything like that, but to see 
where Josh Gaddis' eyes are looking at the stands for which recruits mobs he can keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something to check out. Um, Oklahoma BYU is probably not going to be that close of a game. It's only interesting for Big 12 conference title implications. Um, I won't do the full ACC bet that I did earlier, but um, there are a lot of variables left in the in the Big 12 title. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Texas Iowa State a little bit later. Um, if Texas loses that game, this is officially a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, it is going to be insane to see who makes it. I don't know. I tried to work out some of the scenarios. There's way too many variables in play. We should have a lot of clarity after this weekend, basically these games, but there is so much shit in play that could, like you could very easily have a three loss team, make the big 12 title, yeah. a three loss conference team, make the big 12 title. Damn. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, that would be, uh, that would be sick. I would like that. Um, let's hope for that. <laughs> That's fine by me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that any of these in the no-fly list are, are necessarily uh, in need cool. of your attention. I, I if, if you're looking for something else to do, I guess you could flip one of these on. But it's mostly a two-game slate here. Uh, afternoon, Guantanamo Bay game. Really, really big one in the Mountain West. That would be UNLV at Air Force, 3.30 p.m. on CBSSN. Uh, Air Force has fallen apart. The wheels have fallen off the bus at Air Force. I don't know what the fuck is going on. They lost to Army two weeks ago, and then they just lost at Hawaii by two scores. Uh, we talked about on the recap that like they, it seemed like they played a lot of the game without Zach Larrier. I don't know what his situation is. There are no articles about him being hurt, which makes me concerned i don't know why that would be the case yeah, he's been shipped up the combat yeah i i don't know i don't know what's going on with him i don't know what's going on with these guys they have not been themselves these last two weeks they were so good the first eight games in the season and these last two they have looked like a bad air force team i don't know what happened I don't know what it, what's what's missing from what they had those first eight weeks, but they have picked a really, really bad time to kind of fall apart here because one of the best games on their schedule, one of the best opponents that they're going to play this season is coming to town, and that would be UNLV. Um, UNLV's defense is not especially good, and I think Air Force has the advantage there, but this UNLV offense has been really good, and they spread the ball around a ton. I really like the way that they use their running backs, where they have like four or five guys involved throughout the game, and they can keep them fresh. Uh, there's not really a star of the bunch, but I, this, this offense has been cooking, and they've been playing really, really well recently on, on both ends. They just beat the hell out of Wyoming. Um, UNLV is, is rolling right now and Air Force is really kind of in the opposite place, um, which does feel, I do have the, the concern cause I've seen Air Force play football games before and I've seen them do this before of, you know, uh, uh an extremely, you know, uh, a really hot team coming to, coming to town and it's like, oh, they're going to, you know, they're going to knock Air Force off and then Air Force just stops them dead in their tracks and wins like 13 to six, something like that. Yeah, um, I could see that happening. <laughs> I could see I could see Air Force bouncing back here. I think if Air Force is at its best, it would win this game. If Air Force is not at its best for whatever reason, if it's injury, if it's just something going on that we don't know about, um, UNLV is absolutely capable of winning this and would put itself I believe into a into a you know the leading position for a title game spot in the Mountain West. Yeah, if UNLV wins this game, it feels like pretty smooth sailing for them um, to make the Mountain West title. If they lose, they're probably cooked. Yeah, um, it's pretty much a do or die game for UNLV. Air Force can lose this game and still make it. Um, it's obviously not looking good to lose 
three straight games. It's it's probably you don't feel a ton of confidence going to Boise State, but they have a new coach, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good game. I, it obviously has lost some shine by Air Force falling apart. Um, it doesn't make it as exciting, yeah. uh, but this is still a big-time game for conference title applications, for even New Year's 6 uh, G5 bid up, you know, implications. I think the Mountain West has probably taken itself out over the last couple of weeks. I would say but that. It's, not, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not impossible. It's unlikely, but it's not impossible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, whoever you are, you want to win this game. Yeah, would be good. <laughs> you do not want to lose this one. Um, there, there's a couple big games this week in the Mountain West kind of decide everything, basically. Yeah. Um, so so curious to watch it play out. Um, this is the by, the best slate of the day by far, by the way, yeah. of the week. Um, the afternoon is pretty loaded. That one's a big one. But there's also – we have five games in our most wanted category to get into. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll read them all off here, then we'll kind of pick and choose which ones we want to talk about. Um, they are Utah and Arizona at 2.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Uh, NC State at Virginia Tech at 3.30 p.m. on the ACC network. Uh, North Carolina at Clemson at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. Georgia at Tennessee at 3.30 on CBS. And UCLA at USC uh, at 3.30 on Fox. Yeah. Um, Pat, where do you want to start here? Uh, let's start with the earliest of the bunch. That would be Utah at Arizona at 2.30 um, this is a fun matchup, man. This is a fun clash of styles. I, I think when when you're when we're looking for games in the most wanted tier that are you know that are standouts that are worth having a close eye on, one of the first things that I look for is a, a clash of styles, a distinct break in what the two, what the two teams involved want to do. Um, this one has some Pac-12 stakes on the Arizona side. Arizona still needs some help for that to matter but uh the wildcats are currently five and two and still technically i believe in the running uh utah kind of out of it with 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 three conference losses but that has not stopped them before from pulling off an upset on the road um but just just a really fun you know mismatch of 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 identities here and people know what these two teams want to do and know what they are um, and I, I always just I always really like watching Utah's defense against a really good offense, and I, I think that that is very much what you get here. Um, it's just fun. That's one of college football's true joys is to see Utah's defense play against a really good offense. Yeah, just drag someone down the mud. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a it's a very good time. And Arizona, like to their credit, um, I kind of came into this season thinking of them as a bit of a pretty boy team that wanted to win track races. Um, but they have not exclusively done that at all. Like the really the only track meet they've been in, I mean, sure they beat up on Wazoo and just put a bunch of points on them. Yeah. But the USC game is the only real track meet they've been in all season. Besides that, um, they have won ugly the last few weeks. I mean, they they beat uh, Oregon State twenty seven twenty four. Yeah. Uh, they beat UCLA twenty seven ten. They beat Colorado thirty four thirty one. They played a tight game with Washington before the USC lost thirty one twenty four. They beat Stanford 21-20. They've done this all season where they are comfortable playing an uglier game if they have to. Um, yeah. They have a better rushing attack than anyone expected with Noah Fafita and, and Michael Wiley. Um, it's been pretty fun, man. I mean, the, these guys have been – have been. look, we dog on them a lot. We make a lot of fun of Jetfish a lot. Yeah. This is a good ball club. Like, they deserve some credit this year. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm I'm very curious to watch it play out. I mean, I mean, Arizona's won four straight. Um, you know, two of those have been against uh, teams over 500. One of them is a really good ranked win against Oregon State. Um, Utah has lost two of its last three to Washington and Oregon. Yeah, they did beat USC and they whooped up on Arizona State and they, they were competitive. To be fair, with Washington last week. Yeah. Um, the score maybe not as close as the or sorry, the score maybe a little closer than the actual result. Um, that's Utah football, but, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But um, I mean, this is a big one. I, I if like, it's pretty unlikely that either of these teams. Well, I shouldn't say that. Arizona still has a chance to go play for the Pac-12 title. Yeah. Um, they are still very much in the mix. They uh, they have not played Oregon this year, and if Oregon drops its season finale to Oregon State, uh, Utah's right there. Arizona um, is, yeah. Arizona's right there. Sorry, damn man, I can't talk today. Yeah. Uh, Arizona be right there. Oregon State would be in the mix too. Um, this is a big game for for title implications, for bowl games, for ranked finishes, for all that stuff. Of course, we're rooting for Utah. I think it's, we're not really shy about that. Yeah, we like seeing Utah win games. Yeah. Um, but I think this is one of the best ball games of the day. Yeah, I do too. I think this is going to be really fun. Um, I think that this is. I said last week when we were talking about Utah-Washington that it was going to be a popular upset pick, but I didn't really see it. Um, I think that this is a fair time to think there could be an upset here. I think that this is the exact kind of game that Utah can win, and um, honestly, I think they might. I think Utah might go To be fair, not not much of an upset. It's a one-point line. Yeah, that's Arizona's ranked, and it's on the road. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm saying upset. Yeah. The... The Vegas lines are generally a little bit better at understanding what is and isn't an upset than the national rankings are or the narrative is. The narrative is that Arizona is one of the hottest teams in the country. I think that Utah could bring them back down to earth. Um, I could see it pretty easily. I, I don't know. I don't know really where I where I would stand if I had to pick the game. Um, but I think that I, I could absolutely see Utah doing this. I don't think it would be a, a surprise at all if they did this. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, yeah, it's a good ball game, man. I, I think I am probably more excited for this one than I am uh, Air Force UNLV. Yeah. Um, but it's also the Pac-12 network, so. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, what am I gonna do? Get a laptop open? Come yeah, on. Come on. Um, I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's it's just the most yeah. convenient computer like in the world. I don't want to do that shit. I don't want to walk all the way no, over there. No, I want to sit on my couch. I want a remote. I want to click around. Yeah. I. I yeah, I don't want to type. Um, I don't want to be clicking around on the one thing. I want to click around on the other thing. Come on. Oh, it's like great. I'm gonna get the stream for 45 minutes in the middle of a big play, and ads gonna pop up. I have to go click it out and see what yeah. happened on the replay yeah. afterwards. Come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just just like miserable experience. Um, it's uh, it's hard to believe that the Pac-12 is dying. Um, NC yeah. State at Virginia Tech. If you don't have, uh, oh, no, sorry, ahead. I'll say really quick here. Yeah, go ahead. If you don't have, um, if you don't have the Pac-12 network, as you know, uh, tens of or hundreds of millions of Americans do not. Yeah, um, billions around the world wanna, <laughs> do not have the Pac-12 you network. Ch- <laughs> you may want to check out a website that is pretty similar to the words Creek West. Uh-huh. Um, if you just kind of flip those two words around a little bit, Creek West, you can mm. figure it out. Good website to uh, to watch this game on, possibly. That, that's right. Um, yeah. NC, uh, NC State at Virginia Tech is next up here, 3.30 on the ACC Network. Um, I don't really I don't really care. 
<laughs> be honest. I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go with that. I don't really care. I think you might care more about this one than I do. I don't really. I don't really care. These. I don't think either one of these teams is especially interesting. No. Um, it would be pretty fucking funny if NC State were to win its final two against Virginia Tech and North Carolina, and this is the year Dave Doran finally gets ten wins. Yeah, um, that would when be no one's paying attention to them. Yeah. That would be fucking with, a, with an actively bad team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be with Brennan Armstrong getting benched, coming back, their quarterback like redshirting himself. He's like, I don't want to see this shit. Um, that would be fucking cool. That would be great. I I, I like the idea of that. Yeah. Um, so kind of just funny to see, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for that outcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You're right. I don't think Virginia Tech's any good. Uh, they are five and five, but they had a good little storyline um, when they were somehow tied for first in the ACC and then, you know, yeah. and then, tied for second rather. That did not pan out. No, um, no. Then the game happened and it didn't go very well. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I To their credit, they have... It's kind of funny to watch. They have played six straight blowout games, um, and they're four and two. <laughs> they blew out Pitt, blown out by Florida State, blew out Wake Forest, blew out Syracuse, blown out by Louisville, blew out Boston College. Yeah. Um, this will either be a disaster or a huge success for Virginia Tech. Uh, tune in to find out which one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Staying in the ACC, uh, North Carolina at Clemson, 330 on ESPN. Uh, North Carolina obviously needs to win <laughs> to to stay alive in the ACC yeah. title race. Um, pretty good chance, I think, to do that. Clemson's not very good. However, this is a classic North Carolina loss. This is a classic North Carolina loss. It spans multiple tenures. It doesn't matter who the head coach is, who the quarterback is, who the players are. North Carolina, as a program, loves to lose this game. It can't get enough of losing this game. Clemson's not good. It doesn't matter. North Carolina... Would absolutely love to lose this football game. Um, the only way it could be more clear that they want to lose this game is if they were like the favorites to play Florida State in the ACC championship game right now, and they had to play with the, with that weight. I think that because they're playing from behind, maybe there's a chance that they win this one. If they were favorites, if they were you know in control of their destiny, they would lose this game by 50 points. They would absolutely fuck this up. I think they still might. They're not well coached. <laughs> they're not a well coached football team. And I think Clemson's talented enough to take advantage, even if Clemson isn't very good, which it's not. Correct. Uh, correct. They are not very good, um, but they are also favored by six and a half points. Clemson is. Yeah, um, that makes sense. <laughs> which is kind of funny. And Clemson like has partially righted the ship a little bit. I mean, they've won back-to-back games. They stopped Georgia Tech last week. They they beat Notre Dame the week before that and kind of yeah. stalled their Dame's momentum. Um, yeah, they're getting the they're getting they the dumb dumbs who call their games to say that they're you know they're buying low on Clemson. They're, they're it's a it's a it's a blue chip stock. You know they're going to be back. No, they're not. They're not going to be back. They're not going to be back under Dabo. No. He sucks. He's shitty. The game has passed him by. Um, that but this would this would certainly feed into that narrative. And so I think because it would be annoying, um, that's the thing that will happen. College football loves to produce the most annoying possible result. And Clemson winning this game for as, as odious as North Carolina is, Clemson winning this game and getting some late season buzz and then going into next season as a fucking top ten team, just that's so 
that is so aggressively on brand for what they have been doing and what they will continue to do because like nobody's watching them play at this point. So they'll just see the record at the end of the season. They'll say, like, oh, yeah, Clemson figured it out. They're going to be top 10 this year. And then they won't be. They'll suck again. Yeah. Um, but that just yeah, it, 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 will throw for like an average of 370 yards the next two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he's going to go nuts <laughs> in the fucking Alamo Bowl or whatever. Um, and then people are going to be he's, he's a Heisman contender. He's a Heisman contender. Um, and then he won't be, he'll stink like he always does. Um, but this narratively, this makes a lot of sense to me, unfortunately. It does to me as well. And, uh, I mean, look, the, the perfect fitting end to Drake May's career in North Carolina is him throwing for like 430 yards in this game and somehow still losing in like a 48, 43 final over the defense just cannot do anything. Yeah. Cause Uh, yeah. And then Mac Brown signs two more five stars on defense and they still (laughs) suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Losing because three former five-star cornerbacks who have all not been coached in several years quit at halftime. They just left. They just just left during the game. Um, That is, that's a very good way for, for North Carolina to lose a football game. They love to have that happen. They love, love to have guys leave during the middle of the season oh yeah um yeah this game will suck but i will have to watch it i fear yeah um next one we have is georgia tennessee uh look come on tennessee is not winning this game um no no tennessee is not winning no this shot. football game um this is uh it's a game that's on i don't think i don't think it's gonna happen I don't think Tennessee has the horses. I don't think Tennessee has the fortitude. Um, frankly, I don't think Tennessee's very good. I don't think this Tennessee team is especially good at football, and that is probably not going to play very well against Georgia. We have to add the qualifier, which is that it would be really funny, but no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> if, if Ole Miss and Missouri couldn't do it, Tennessee certainly can't. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's been rolling since the Kentucky game. They, they played close against Missouri, but uh, other than that, it's just been blowouts all the way down. Yeah. Um, yeah. More of the I same, mean, I think probably more of the same incoming. I tend to think so too. I think this is. Holy fuck! Is Tennessee really ranked thirteenth in the AP poll? What? what are these fucking morons doing? What? They just lost by third is in that, Missouri. Is that is right? that true? Um, it's what it says on ESPN. I'm checking the rankings. That can't really be. Oh, no, it's wrong. Somehow okay. ESPN didn't update it. Cool. Um, well, they're that's... 21st. <laughs> still ranked, though. Great job, still, still ranked. Though. Yeah, still ranked. What have they done exactly? Uh, I mean, I think so... I had them like 25th in mine. I think I had to. Um, Not me. I couldn't put in Oklahoma State after they lost by 42 points to UCF. Yeah. And I couldn't put in Kansas State or Kansas because they lost Oklahoma State. Yeah. It's a tough spot to be in, Pat. What can you do? I put, um, I put New Mexico State in. That was my choice. That was what I did. Um, <laughs> if, we're picking, um, if we're picking from three lost teams, I know which one I like more, and it's not Tennessee. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I mean, Tennessee is not very good at football, and Georgia is. Okay. Um, well, that's not – That's <laughs> Yeah, that's not great. That's not a good start. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what it's coming down to. It feels like Georgia is going to be 13 and 0 going to the playoff again. Yep. Um yep, it does feel like that, which cool. is unfortunate, I would say. Or even worse, we get Bamba in the playoff. That would suck more. Really um, no good options with the SEC. They kind of <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna suck the whole time, and then the result is also gonna be really shitty. Um, cool conference, cool conference we've got down there. That's that's really that's really good stuff. Uh, none of the games yeah. are gonna be compelling, and then a team that you hate is gonna go to the playoff. That'll be good. Um, fun, 
yeah, fun stuff. Or two teams that you hate. That's even better. What if two teams that you hate mm. uh, both go to the playoff and neither one of them played a, a fun game all season? Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, last one here in the most wanted section. Most wanted section. Uh, UCLA at USC, three thirty on Fox. Uh, um, what do you think the chances are that either one of these head coaches is, is still with the program this time next year? I think they're very low. I think I, I think it's very I low. I think that Lincoln Riley. I don't know. I think Lincoln Riley has coached himself at an NFL job. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think he's going to the league. I don't think they're going to take him. Uh, I do think that Chip Kelly is done. Yeah. Um, I think we will see news about Chip Kelly being fired um, about six days from now. Yeah. Uh, that is my expectation. Somewhere between five and six days from now, Chip Kelly will be fired. Um, no point in this. But USC, I mean, they've lost four of the last five. They're only winning against a Cal team. They probably should have beat them. Yeah. Um, it's their dog shit, but UCLA cares even less about football than, than USC does. Uh, these guys, they also suck. I mean, yeah, they've lost two in a row to the to two Arizona schools. Um, <laughs> yeah, both multiple score losses. Uh, UCLA is going to finish seven and five, maybe. Um, I think Lincoln tries to get some favor back. Like Lincoln at least has motivation to win this game, right? Chip Kelly knows it's over. Yeah. I think Um, he's going to be an analyst for Ohio state next season Uh Uh, or on TV. Yeah. One of the two or both. Um, It's it's never, it's never stopped him before. He could be both. Um, (laughs) Did you see the quote from, from Lincoln yesterday? Did you, did, did, did this make its way to your, uh, your, I don't your, think so. Timeline. Okay, so he said, I think you're really going to appreciate this. Um, the quote is, uh, we're probably three or four plays from being a 10-1 and football team right now. And then with that mask in some way, off. yeah, with that mask in some way, the areas we still have to really grow and progress as a program, you want to say no, but deep down, the attitude of everyone would feel different. That's awesome. That- <laughs> That's fair, dude. That's an awesome quote. Yeah. You know, yeah, we suck, and obviously we would still suck if we were 10-1, but if we were 10-1, I wouldn't have to do anything. So would it really be that bad? <laughs> I cannot wait to see who he hires as DC. You know it's going to be fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, it's probably one of the things I'm most excited about the entire coach searching uh, cycle coming yeah. up yeah. Uh, is who the fuck this guy's DC will be because it's going to stink up the joint. Oh, yeah. Um. Zach Arnett, come on down. Um, <laughs> he can't get enough. He can't get enough. Yeah, he's he's trying. He's searching um, desperately to find the guy who is the the closest ideologically to Alex Grinch. He just wants Alex Grinch. <laughs> it's the only thing he wants. Kerry uh, Combs. Yeah, yeah. feel like pure shit. Just want Alex Grinch back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing is that Alex Grinch being gone, Lincoln Riley has to actually remember how to win football games again, which he doesn't want to do. No. Um, I will say this season from Chip Kelly and, and UCLA is a disaster. Uh, I mean, just a total pantry. They have some real talent on yeah. the fronts and they've wasted all of it. Yeah. Um, it's very annoying to watch. Uh, also, I was checking, I believe Colin Schley is like one of the top five or 10 qualified rushers in yards per carry in the country. Uh, like one of the most explosive players in America. Let's go. Hell yeah. (laughs) I double check that, but I think I was scrolling that the other night and I saw that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Uh, Yeah. Look, UCLA is dog shit. Uh, I think USC wins. I I don't think UCLA has any interest in finishing the season. It's a six and a half point line for USC, which feels about right for me. 
I don't know. Both these teams suck. Neither one of them cares about football. The yeah. uniforms would be cool. It's a UCLA USC game. You know the deal. You know what this is for the last decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. These women are having a mid off. Uh, that's that's this game. These women are having a mid off. Um, it'd be two dumbass girls telling each other exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. No. Um, no fly list. We can probably mm-hmm. roll through these ones really quick. Yeah. yeah. That would be App State at James Madison, 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Uh, Montana State at Montana, 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Texas State at Arkansas State, 3 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Uh, Illinois at Iowa, 3.30 on FS1. Louisiana at Troy, 3.30 on NFL Network. And Minnesota at Ohio State, 4 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Uh, the Sunbelt West race is already settled. It's Troy, and so those games are not terribly important, but they could be kind of entertaining, I guess. The Sunbelt East is still, as of right now, until James Madison, unless James Madison is declared eligible, the Sunbelt East is still wide open. Um, App State would need a, a uh, I would say, a pretty difficult road win at James Madison to keep that, you know, to keep its mm-hmm. hopes alive for for the most part. Um, and then the Big Ten games, I, I, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to watch those games. I'll keep yeah. an eye on the scores, see if anything anything happens. Um, but yeah, not a ton here. I, I, I think mostly you're probably good to just watch the six games that we've already talked about. There's plenty happening in the afternoon. I don't think you really need to be digging this this far down into the barrel. No, I do think Illinois can technically still play its way into the Big Ten title. Awesome. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> So, can root for that. Uh, just for my typical Ohio State check-in, Minnesota is awful. It is one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. They just gave up like 600 yards and 49 points to Purdue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan, you'll watch it because yeah. that's what we do. Uh, however, this game should not be good. You should see the, the back spend the second half. Yeah, uh, I, I found that a, a very good metric for, for determining if an Ohio State game is worth paying attention to or not is if you pop into the mid- midfield uh, in-season Ohio State thread and you see what everybody's talking about, you guys are all on to Michigan. You guys are all preparing for the Michigan game at this point. There's not a single thing about Minnesota in that fucking thread. It's all Michigan. Um, not, yeah. uh, not a huge concern, I don't think, in Columbus about Minnesota. No. I mean, which probably means the game will be horseshit in some way, but yeah. like, they just played their their probably their best game of the season uh, last week as Michigan State. Uh, um, that's like a... Kyle McCord. Yeah. And... <laughs> But he, he learned how to step into a throw again, which was cool. Yeah. He remembered that if you plant your front foot, you can throw more accurately and harder. Yeah. Um, so that was cool to see. And I'm sure he'll do uh, that against a non, you know, junior college program at some point. I'm sure he'll do that against somebody yeah. who doesn't, uh, you know, that's right. who is that's deserving right, of sure. playing division one football. Um, <laughs> I think he'll probably do that at some point. That's right. Uh, I guess you can watch if you want to find a narrative for that one. It's the Marv Heisman campaign. Yeah. Um, that's about all you can watch for to see how many touchdowns he gets again this week or which sure. ridiculous play he makes. That guy's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, he's good. Uh, I'll, I'm willing, a... you know what? I'm willing to say it. Marvin Harrison jr. Is pretty good. <laughs> he's a good player. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get out of the evening slate. Cause there are actually games to talk about here. Yeah. The biggest one being our Abu Ghraib game of the week, which is Washington and Oregon state uh, at seven 30 on ABC. Um, here's the thing. Oregon State is a very good football team, and I also think it's very silly that they are currently 10th in the AP poll. Yeah. Um, not reasonable to have them there uh, after losing to Washington State and Arizona, but they are still a very good football team that is pretty dangerous against a team like Washington. 
Yeah. God, it fucking sucks that they lost to Washington State. That's so shitty that they that they managed that, and then Washington State immediately fell apart. Um, that sucks. It's... Yeah, Washington State has lost every game since. Yeah. God, fuck. Why couldn't they just win the game, man? Why couldn't they just beat Arizona? Why couldn't you just do it? Come on, man. It could have been so cool. Yeah. It could have been so good. Um, it still could be for Oregon State. It could still be a really good season because they get to play – I think one of their favorite roles, them and Utah both love to do this. They both love to be in this spot, which is that their national hopes are pretty much sealed, right? Like they're not going to be in the playoff unless something crazy happens. Um, but they do get both of the Pac-12 playoff contenders in their last two weeks of the season. They're hosting Washington here, and then they're at Oregon next week. That would be such a wonderful send-off for the Pac-12, for Oregon State to go through these last two weeks already being knocked out of the playoff and just to seal the fate of the rest of the conference in the process. Just like a fucking... Like, like a runaway, oh, like a run, yeah, a, a runaway train just destroying whatever was left of the city that they're that they're plowing into. Um, that would and be... if, if I saw correctly, they're also it seems like they're looking pretty good in that court case where the rest of the Pac-12 has to pay them. Yeah, in Washington State, like five hundred million dollars. <laughs> um, to do that and wreck the conference in the, <laughs> in the final two weeks. Oh, oh they feel God. so good about that. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry um, about ruining your playoff hopes. That'll be $500 million, please. <laughs> uh, That's so sick. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be really fucking good. And like, we like Washington, obviously. We, yeah. we do like those guys, but um, here, here's the stat of the game for me when Oregon has the Oregon state has the football. Um, they are eighth in the country, tied for eighth in the country in yards per carry. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State is. Uh, Washington is uh, tied for 83rd in yards per carry allowed. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> they just ran for seven yards a carry against uh, against Stanford. Um, I think they want to run the ball down Washington's throat all day. And I think they'll be pretty good at doing that. Yeah, the success rate margin is even more significant. Oregon State is second in rushing success rate. Uh, Washington is 127th in rushing success rate allowed. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that, and like that's, I think this is going to be really, really fun. I think it's going to be a really fun shootout um, in a very specific way, which is that Washington, I don't think, is going to be able to stop Oregon State's rushing attack. And on the same, Oregon the, State yeah, can't pass the yeah. Well, and, and in the same way, Oregon State isn't doing a single thing about the Washington passing attack. That's not going to happen. <laughs> they don't have a single thing that they can do about it. You can you can blitz all you want. This line is good enough to pick it up, and those cornerbacks are not keeping pace with these receivers. It's not going to happen. They can't do that. They can't cover bad receivers. Yeah. They're not going to cover really good ones. Um, and, and so I do think that this is going to be back and forth and high scoring while still not just being junk food, not just being two of the, you know, the same offense, just doing the same things like, uh, you know, a lot of USC games are. Um, This is not that. This is two very different approaches to get to the same end, which is like 48-42 or something like that. I think Washington's offense is better, obviously, and I think Washington will ultimately... When you play Washington in a shootout, Washington is usually going to win. They've done it plenty this season they're 10-0 and um but i think it's gonna be really really fun and that it is on the road does you know i i could understand how this could happen i could see the path for it being a shootout all the way into the fourth quarter and then either oregon state getting the last possession or 
one thing going wrong for Washington and, and Oregon State taking advantage in front of a you know what, what's going to be a crazy environment and a crazy home crowd. Um, I think Washington is going to win, but I could totally see Oregon State doing this. I, I think that this is absolutely within the realm of possibility, and I also just think this is going to be a really, really fun football game. This is easily, I think, the best game of the day. Um, honestly, one of my favorite matchups of the season to this point. This is this is really good. Yeah, it's a real Styles Big Fights matchup, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's 100% the case here. Um, I will say also, like, Washington has been um, down to down in incredible offense. They've also seemed to have some real, like, just cataclysmically stupid fuck-ups in different ways a few times. Um, like just Roma Dunze dropping it, a would be touchdown as a fumble. Uh, yeah, a lot of fourth, um, a lot of fourth down conversions taken back on on holding calls or blocks in the back or things. Yeah, like that. <laughs> exactly. A lot of that. Um, you don't want to do a lot of that because Oregon State is going to shorten this game. Like Washington will probably have somewhere close to its fewest possessions of the season. I think this week. Um, yeah, you don't have a lot of margin for error against a rushing attack this good. It's going to hold the ball for as long as they will. Yeah. Um, that's what I would say. Um, I don't know. I I don't really have a prediction here. I, I don't know what the line is. I'm going to check it out. Um, it looks like uh, I, looks like Oregon State's favored by two and a half. Yeah, I, I know that uh, SP Plus has it split by like 0. 0.2 points. Point. It has, yeah, it has, yeah, it has Washington yeah. like 31.1 to 30.9 or something like that. Um, that is, I, I, I think Washington is going to win because I think Washington is slightly better, right? Like I, maybe not even slightly, I think Washington is better, but it being on the road, it being a spot where it's a, you know, it's a chance for the PAC 12 to get its, its playoff hopes, not fully dashed. Cause if Washington won out, even while losing this game, I think it could yeah. be. I think it could be in yeah, um, chance. There's, yeah. I mean, it, it's some it, help though. Yeah. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be that hard to see that happening. It would not be impossible. Like if if Georgia beats Alabama, if you know Texas loses again, even that I, I think I think twelve and one Washington would have a case over twelve and one Texas. I don't know if they would get it, but um, this. But would... you're also they compete against the loser of Iowa State, Michigan. Like there, 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 yeah. there's some. Boy, I hope that would not. Actually they could be a get in. <laughs> I hope that would not. Actually, I hope that would not actually be a discussion. I know it would be, but I I hate that shit. I hate when some team that didn't play in the last weekend just just backs its way in. Um, I yeah, don't, I get it. I don't but, like it. It's. I would say the. I agree with you on principle. Yeah. But I would say if you're Washington, you shouldn't have played ugly for like seven weeks in a row. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's the case. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 edit that statement on the fly. You agree with me on principle, but it might be Ohio State, and so you don't want to back yourself into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, look, you know, I'm gonna lie. With Ohio State's in the mix. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't blame you. You're allowed. I, I think they would still get in. I think they would still get in. I really do get that. Um. But of course, Ohio State's going to win at Michigan, so I'm not worried about it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure. Look, I'm excited for this game. It's going to be a great ball game. Um, man, I, I, I'm i so torn between wanting to root for Oregon State's like revenge fantasy yeah. versus wanting to see Washington. Like the, the scenario I maybe care more about is the idea of the Big Ten champion, Florida State, Washington, uh, all being undefeated. And Texas winning out and keeping the SEC out of the playoff for the final year. Uh-huh. That is what I care. Like if we could, I, I would, look, I like Oregon State. I hope those guys have a lot of great success and it sucks what's happened to them. 
but also it'd be way funnier to the SEC miss the playoff, which seems like it's still in range. Yeah, that would be sick. Um, yeah, this is a great game. This is going to be really, really fun. I honestly, a, a rare, a rare instance this season where in a big game, I don't really have a rooting interest. I like both of these teams quite a bit. I'd be happy with either one winning. Um, I really would. I, I think either result would be would be good. Yeah, I like I like I both of these teams, and I like a big game where I can like both teams. I I, I like a big game where there's not, for me personally, there are not uh, there are not a, a ton of stakes. I can just enjoy it. I can just enjoy what I think is going to be a really fun football game. I like both of these teams. I wish them both success. Um, I'm going to be happy with whatever happens here. I I just I want it to be. I want it to be competitive for four quarters. I want it to come down to the last possession. I want it to be that kind of game. I think it absolutely can be. Um, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Guantanamo Bay, we got two games, both in the Big 12. Kansas State at Kansas, 7 p.m. on FS1 is up first. Uh, rivalry game, both of these teams have had some, some pretty bad losses, I would say. Some losses that they probably shouldn't have taken. Kansas, of course, yeah, being the Kansas more, more, yeah, so Kansas yeah, the more yeah. recent example. But Kansas State has had its its own share of kind of bizarre fuck-ups. Um, sounds like Jalen Daniels is not playing in this game, which I think is just kind of implied at this point. Jalen Daniels is no longer, <laughs> I don't think, an option for Kansas at this point, unfortunately. Uh, the latest is that it will be Bean or Ballard at quarterback. Um I hope for Kansas's sake, I guess, that it's Bean. I can't believe I would be saying that, but Ballard is a freshman and very much looked it. Maybe a week of preparation would do him some good. I think you probably want the veteran quarterback in this game if he's healthy. Kansas State's defense is okay. It's 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 pretty good. It's a pretty good defense. They're better against the run than they are against the pass. Um, having Bean would be helpful. I think having Bean would make this a much closer game. Um, I do think that Kansas game state wise is capable enough of, of slowing this game down to the point where it could win, even if it isn't getting a ton from its quarterback, it has done that before. Um, but this is, uh, this is going to be fun. This is another one that I think is kind of stylistically interesting, not because of a clash, but because these are two really good running teams. And I think that there's going to be a lot of really good, uh, ground game football here. I think there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to watch schematically and just just a, an enjoyable an enjoyable football experience. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. This is one of the like with these two coaches here. There's a, there's both these guys are being attached to a lot of jobs right now, and I really hope neither one leaves. I love these two guys being at these two schools, and I feel like this can be a great game for years to come. Like this week is going to be a great one. And I think it can stay this way for a good while going forward if neither one leaves their jobs. Yep. Um, so I hope this this is a great game and we get to see a lot more of these matchups than these two going forward. Yep. Um, because it feels like they're both getting fully operational right now. Yeah. Um, Which is really cool. So, it's, it's it's cool that Kansas losing a game by three points to Texas Tech is like disappointing, right? That, that Kansas yeah, can, can yeah. be in a position where it can do that. And obviously the loss is frustrating and it is disappointing, but... Kansas, that is not something we've ever really been able to say about Kansas, at least not since 2007. Um, it is... Uh, before even, that, since when? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a minute. Even even with the frustrating losses, it is still just, you can you can kind of, you know, gawk at and admire the job that Lance Leipold has done making it so that that happens, making it so that there can be disappointing losses for this program. This was a program that just assumed it was going to go 0-12 every year. Um, they're not doing that anymore. They're good, and that's, that's awesome I, I i agree totally that i i hope both of these coaches uh stick around i would like to see this grow into a a significant like a, a consistently 
significant, important rivalry at the end of the year. Um, that would be sick. Uh, also in the Big 12 here, Texas at Iowa State, 8 p.m. on Fox. Um, I know, I know where you're going to come down on this because you are, you are as strongly anti-Iowa State as anybody in the country. I think Texas is going to win. Texas is on the road, but it is better by a pretty significant margin. Um, however, if we are going with, you know, the, the, I think the narrative theme this week is teams that have a tendency to fuck it up being in a spot where they could very easily fuck it up. Um, that applies to Texas as well here. This is a spot where Texas traditionally could absolutely fuck it up. If they are truly serious, they won't do that. But I can't say definitively that they are. They've tried a couple times to lose games that they shouldn't lose. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. They're going to be without Jonathan Brooks. I think that this could be compelling. I think that this could be close. I think that this is going to be a very high-pressure situation for a Texas program that has been really good this year, but I just <laughs> I don't trust them yet, and I don't think I need to. I don't think that I'm wrong to not trust them yet. I get that. I just don't think Iowa State is like going to move the football. Um, yeah, that's fair. They don't do. I that. know tech. They don't do that very well. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really do that. Uh, Texas has been a little sloppy the last couple of weeks, but it also, I don't know. Like I, I'm not really concerned. Texas plays a lot of grab ass, but I think at this point they got through that. They kind of see what's left in front of them here. Like you have two inferior teams, um, one of whom beat you last year. This one is this week is being tabbed as like the upset special of the week. They're hearing that shit. They have Quinn back. Uh, he played last week too, but they have him back. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State's offense is 112th in success rate. Texas is 13th in defensive success rate. Um, come on. Like, if you lose this game, you shit your pants. Yeah. And it's not also like when Iowa State does do anything on offense, it's through the air, which is where Texas is more comfortable playing defense. Like, they cannot run the football on you. They can't shorten the game. If you have any semblance of offense, you should be fine. Yeah. Um, and Texas offense has been pretty hit or miss, especially without viewers. With viewers being back, it should be fine. Um, just stop getting yourself in dumbass third and long all the time. Yeah. And like need to bail out to uh, AD Mitchell or, or Xavier that, Worthy. It's very like, see, that's the thing I'm kind of worried about without, without Brooks. I don't know what the running game is going to look like. I don't know how many of those third and longs they're going to be facing. If there are a lot, this could get kind of sketchy for them. This, this could get a little bit. This could get a little bit scary, I think, if if they're if they're facing a lot of those situations, if they're in those passing downs, because Iowa State, this is not one of its like truly best defenses. This is not like one of those Iowa State defenses that was just you know dominating for the most part, and then the offense kind of letting them down, like it has been for Matt Campbell. They are doing that, but the defense is not quite on that level. But I, I think if you're if you're in a lot of third and ten, if you're in a lot of third and eight situations like that. Um, they could, I mean, they could force a turnover or two and they could make a very real game of this. I, I think it's going to come down to that. If Iowa State can force some turnovers, if Iowa State gets a little bit lucky with some field position stuff, they could win the game. It's just, it, it is, the, the the situation is definitely, Texas would have to fuck it up. It's just, I think Texas could do that. I don't, I'm not going to predict it, but it would not be, like, it would register to me as making sense if Texas fucked it up. Texas does that. Texas has a tendency to fuck it up. Big time, big time. They they fucking love to do that shit. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I'm just like, 
Iowa State, when you're looking at them, is perhaps even more scared of being great than Texas is. That's fair. Like, yeah. Iowa State is being observed here as well and still has a chance to play for the conference title. You know Matt Campbell does not want to have the spotlight on him. I, I think Iowa State fucks us up worse than Texas does. Yeah. Texas probably wins ugly, but they win. And um, they will wait to shit their pants on a bigger stage in the Big 12 title game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Iowa State, gets, Iowa State gets real squirrely when its caretaker comes up to the cage to try and feed it. Iowa State is really yeah. freaked out <laughs> to have eyes on it right now. It's not yet settled. It, 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 it doesn't want you to be... I don't want to be looked at. Don't look at me right now. That's that. <laughs> Iowa State gets a little bit freaky when you when you watch them. Um, Big time. No fly list. We got four games. Uh, Old Dominion at Georgia Southern, 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Boise State at Utah State, 7 p.m. on CBSSN. Florida at Missouri, 7:30 on ESPN. And Nebraska at Wisconsin, 7:30 on NBC. I would say that these are all just games that are on. I don't think I would recommend any of these. Yep. No reason to watch them. Um, Maybe, I mean, Missouri, if Missouri lights up Florida, I, I guess I'm kind of intrigued. Like, that seems pretty likely. Could I think they could do that? It does seem likely to me. Could Napier coach himself into getting fired? Like, if they finish the season, which seems likely with five straight losses, because they're at Mizzou, then they play Florida State in week, week 13. Mm. Um, and all of them except Arkansas would be blowouts. Can you lose five straight and go five and seven in year two while your recruiting class falls apart and not get fired? Okay, so here's where I'm at with this. I don't think he's I, I don't think he's gonna get fired after year two. I don't think it's going I, I think even if they collapse as you have described, I don't know that they would do that. I, I, I think that the the you know the situation at hand where they would not be the best open SEC job right that that would be that would be A and M is probably not what they want I think they could probably look ahead a little bit to next year and see a much clearer lane for them to be one of the best jobs in America they would still it would still be a really attractive opening this off season but it is kind of hard to sell when you just fired a coach after two years um, it it gets harder it, it's a, it's a harder push it's a harder recruiting pitch to to top tier coaches to say hey uh, we just fired Dan Mullen you know a year after he was in the SEC title game and we fired Billy Napier after year two you want to come on over here you want you want to you want to try your hand at this with uh, you yeah. know, a recruiting class that just fell apart that you're gonna have to rebuild and the team's probably not gonna be very good in year one and then suddenly you're on the hot seat in year two that's not great that's not a great thing to sell what I think is probably yeah. gonna happen is that they will lose out. And Billy Napier will spend the entire offseason atop every single hot seat list that is written in the entire world of college football. Um, and he'll go into year three under those circumstances and could be an October firing if it doesn't go well. Here's the counter argument. If you do that, you're not sacrificing one recruiting class, but two of them. Like if yeah. you're the guy who everyone knows is going to get fired and I got to check their schedule next year. I'm sure it's tough again. Yeah, um, it's probably but, not going to be any easier. Like, I don't think. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, next year, they play Miami, UCF, Georgia, Florida State, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, A&M, <laughs> at Mississippi State, at Tennessee, at Texas. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a brutal schedule. I get that. But he's not making it out of that, right? No. Like, it's not. No. So. But, I mean, would you want a first-year coach to have to deal with that? I wouldn't. I would rather just have the guy. It doesn't get easier, man. It doesn't. It never gets easier. No, it never gets easier. But if I'm gonna fire the guy anyway, I would rather him take the hit of that that awful season and then hope that you can 
maybe get something going in 2024 or, or 2025 rather um, rather than sacrificing my first year coach to a three and nine season and immediately souring the fan base on him. Um, they already don't like Napier. Yeah. You might as well just put him up for that and then start getting start getting going for 2025 with a with a big PR pitch about how you know. Uh, the business cards have the team colors on them and things like that. Oh, they have so many analysts. They, they're, they're, everything's so I guess organized. the bigger issue too, uh, everything you're saying, there's there's validity to it. The bigger question for me is like, not just the idea that you're fine for a year two, but the fact there's not that many great candidates, right? Like yeah. A&M's hiring, Mississippi State's hiring, Michigan State's hiring, Northwestern's hiring. I think Michigan could well be hiring. Yeah, um, UCLA. You know, there's a lot of... UCLA, there's a lot of big schools hiring, and there's just not that many good candidates for these jobs. Like, yeah. is Mike Elko gonna blow your blow your doors off? Like, are you yeah. gonna hire? Especially, are you gonna be- hire John Summerall? Yes, yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Is especially because you can't hire any of the Sun Belt coaches. You can't go and get. You know, you can't hire. And I know that they're in the queue, so you can't hire Chadwell. Um, you can't hire yeah, Summerall. Hire... You can't hire. K- you wouldn't hire Kane Womack after the. You're gonna hire Glenn anyway. Schumann. But like, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you're gonna end up with fucking. You're gonna end up with Glenn Schumann, and the cell being. Um, well, it's Kirby too, right? We're we're just gonna do what what Georgia did with with grabbing Kirby from Alabama. It's Kirby too. Um, I don't know that that would happen. I don't, I don't know that that would be. I don't know that that would be possible, and I don't think that they could go and 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 you know make a swinging dick move and go grab like Dan Lanning or something. I don't think that those guys would take this job. And so yeah, you no, are I stuck wouldn't. with like yeah. you you get fucking you've got McIlwain again, or you've got Muschamp again, or you've got fucking Mullen again. Those would be the options basically. Is you yeah, have just a different yeah, yeah. You just have a different version of the guys who you've already had. Um, I don't think they're going to do it this year. I think it's probably going to be next year that they do it. And they, I think they probably hope that. The you know the options. They're gonna hire Gus Malzahn, dude. Yeah, boy, that would be really funny. Um, <laughs> I think they're gonna hope just that the options get better. I mean, I guess you could try and go get Kiffin. I think he would say no. Um, it's bleak. It's not. It's not good right now at, at Florida. I think he probably gets one more year, but I also think they're probably gonna lose out. Um, anything else here? Any no fly list grabbing you? If Dion says yes, do you take him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I just think like, yeah, I don't know, man. The drumbeat, if they get blown out, if Mizzou does to Florida, they just Tennessee, which is a better team than Florida. Mm-hmm. How do you keep like, I, I understand everything you're saying. It's all logically true. Yeah. But they don't make these decisions off logic most yeah, of the time. That's fair. This, this um, is an argument of head versus heart here. Uh, that's that's yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard for me to see, like, how do you trot this shit out again next year? Especially when you're going to lose a lot of your skill talent, which is the only good part of the team. Yeah. And what the fuck do you have behind it? Like, I I just don't know. Like, their NIL collective is not even performing well. They're kind of shitting the bed there. Like a lot of Florida team sites, a lot of websites this offseason writing about how the first two years under Mike Norvell at Florida State didn't go that well. Remember? Remember the first two years under Mike Norvell? Guys, just one more year and then it'll be it'll be Florida State. It'll be Mike Norvell. Just one more year, guys, and then he'll be good. I promise. A lot of those articles. A lot of those articles coming. That's, You're going to have a lot of articles saying, <laughs> well, Urban Meyer hasn't turned down Florida. Yeah. Um you're gonna have coaching search lists starting with with uh, with Deion Sanders, Urban Meyer. I mean, they never should have fucking fired Dan Mullen, which is what we said at the time. It was stupid. 
I know he didn't love to recruit, but he at least coached football games. Now you have Napier who apparently can't hold on to recruits and can't coach football games right now. Yeah. Like that's what you're dealing with. You have the fucking, you have the fat kid from uh, Diaries of Wimpy Kid coaching okay. your defense. I'm glad to know um, that somebody else, somebody <laughs> also told you what the movie that that clip was from. Um, Cause I, I got yeah. a couple messages about it this morning as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what you got, man. That's, that's, that's it. Um, yeah. That's what you've got. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything else or we'll get out of here? Um, no, just for two minutes, I am going to mention the Mississippi State opening. Uh-huh. Uh, we didn't talk about it. Pre- I think we're going to do it for the next premium show. We'll probably be doing coaching searches every week for the next six months. Yeah. Um, but Mississippi State uh, fired Zach Arnett. Um, the most attached names to this job uh, are Jamie Chadwell, John Sumrall, Rhett Lashley, Willie Fritz, Lance Leipold, Dan Mullen, Jeff Levy, Glenn Schumann, and Tom Herman. Uh-huh. Um, and a kind of distant beyond that are, are Joe judge and Gus Malzahn. Come on. Um, tough list boys. Tough <laughs> list. It, it, it's, <laughs> I, I think there are three or four pretty good names on that list. I, I'll, I'll say that. I think some would be good. I think Chadwell would be good. Fritz Leipold. Those guys would be good. I think if you're, if you're, yeah, you can't get Lance. Yeah. I don't think you can get Lance, but I think you could probably get those first three. Um, if you're, if you're dipping into, you know, Gus, <laughs> If you're dipping into that range, if you're trying to hire Rhett Lashley, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem here, Mississippi State. We yeah, need to go outside. Had Casey we... Dunn on there. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Casey Dunn's name popping back up. He's got an active agent. I will say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Andy Staples had uh, Manny Diaz, a candidate. Pretty funny. Andy's just throwing shit at the wall. And Andy was the one who had. He the, is really he, bad. He was the job. one who He's had really Dan Quinn. Guy. He had Dan Quinn on the A and M list, uh, and he's just throwing shit at yeah. the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah, he did worse on that in the A and M list. He's a he's a, not a smart guy. Uh, um. I think he's just having. I think he's having some fun with it. That's what I'll say. I think he's having some fun with it. I think he's having a good time at everybody else's expense. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll talk about that job in more detail on the premium show. Uh, I think that will. Uh, I think that do that'll do it here for this watch list episode. Uh, we will be back on the recap to break down uh, everything that happens here on this Saturday.